Family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape in their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children. And because of its domino effect in our lives, we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy, strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses, but more importantly, in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives. Good morning, everyone. Uh, nice to be here again on family dynamics. This is Pastor Fumi on family dynamics. Um, for the past few sessions now, We've been talking on making the right choice. And we'll continue with that. This will be part three of choosing the right life partner. Choosing the right life partner. Um, the scripture I want us to consider today is a long one. So we're not going to read it, but we'll get to that. Where I, I pick some verses of, those, of that scripture and we'll look at it critically. So just like we've been saying, we know that marriage is a very, very delicate issue. It is God's intention that we enjoy our marriage. It's not to destroy us, but to make us better. Because the Bible says two are better than one. So from the last episode, we look carefully at why it is so important to get it right. The Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So one, of, one has to be deliberate and particular about choosing rightly. So, so important. You can't joke with it. You know, when, when, when marriage is being con conducted, pastors will say, it is not something you rush into. It is not something you just take like a pinch of salt. It is something that you have to be careful about, especially when making your choice. A lot of people marry for wrong reasons. Either, oh, he's a very rich man or rich woman. Or, or I'm getting old, or all my friends are married, or pressure from parents. Some parents will be crying to their children, give me my grandchildren. I want to live to see my grandchildren. And because of that, many have entered into marriage relationship, you know, in, in a wrong way, marrying the wrong persons. So your happiness and fulfillment in life is tied to whom you marry. Somebody we said, well, if you marry wrong, 60% of your life <laughs> is at stake. So marriage will either make you or break you. So that's why it is important that we do the right thing. I was saying last, the, the, the last episode on choosing a life partner, that if after doing a particular course, maybe you've done a course three years to five years, whatever course you do, and you discover that mm -mm, this is not me. I, 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 no, this is not me. I can't cope with this. It's okay. You can, you can drop that course and go and do another course. You buy a house and you, you, you discover that, no, this is not what I actually desire. 
you can sell it and buy another one that suits you. So there are many things that you do and you recover from them. But it may be difficult to recover from a mistake in the choice of your life partner. So when you marry a wrong person, it's for a lifetime. It's not for three years or four years. It is for a lifetime. So it will take the mercy of God and time and working really hard to be able to achieve that great destiny God has designed for you. So what we want to do today is to look at the Bible. Um, what, is, what are the principles that are laid down? Is there any example in the scripture that we can fall back to as to how to choose a life partner? Today we'll be looking at Genesis chapter 24 as a case study on how to choose rightly based on scriptural principles. It's a very long chapter, just like I said before, so we won't read it as the way we normally will read verses, but I want to encourage everyone that is listening to me or that will listen to me to go back and find time to read and study that old chapter. It will make your, it will, it will, it will give you, you know, make your life better, give you an idea of what the principles of the, of, of God is concerning choosing a life partner. However, what we're going to be doing today is to look at specific verses in that chapter. So, in the real thing, you may not read everything, but chapters in chapter 24, we're going to be looking at different verses from 1 to 32. We saw in that scripture, in some of the, the, the version of the Bible, they said, a wife for Isaac. So now, is a wife for you or a husband for you as individual person? So Abraham, like we knew, had a son called Isaac when he was very old. But when Isaac was old enough to, to have a life partner or to be married, the father did something strange. Um, he, he, he called the oldest servant in his house and said, come and swear that you will do the right thing, that you will do what I want you to do for my son. This was the practice in their time, but not what we do today, especially it is even your pastor is not in that position to choose for you. Your mother, your father cannot choose for you because they cannot, they don't know beyond what God has given them opportunity to know. And especially if your parents are not born again, you cannot depend on friend or pastor or your parents to choose your life partner for you. So that is number one thing you need to take note of. It is in the beginning, God made a choice for Adam. But when there were issues, the Bible said, Adam said, it was the woman you gave me that led to this problem. And that is why from that moment on, God will only lead us. He will guide us on how to do it. The last, uh, the last episode, I mean, uh, episode um, uh, part two, we were looking at all the opportunities that God has made available. The Holy Spirit is there. The Word of God is there. Pastors can give you counsel. Your friends can talk to you. Your parents. All these things have been given to help us make the right decision in choice making. So this morning, we're going to look at verse 2. Why will he choose the eldest servant of his house? The Bible said this man was in charge of all that he had. 
that in some version he said he had authority over everything. He had rule over all he had. So that talks of faithfulness. It talks of being responsible. It talks of trustworthiness. That means this man, even though a servant to Abraham was trustworthy, was responsible, was faithful to him. So he could depend on him. He could rely on him. So the first thing and the most crucial one in making decision of who to marry is for you to be the right person. The wrong person cannot pick the right person. If you're not matured enough, the, like, the likelihood of making a wrong choice is very high. You know, I remember those days when we were in secondary school. You know, people will have boyfriend based on the fact that, oh, he's a very popular person. Everybody likes him. He's tall. He's, a, he's sporty. He is into athletics. And people will go for people like that. He can sing well. He's a good singer. You know, people will run for people like that. You know? So, as a young person, those things cannot keep a home. You will not be singing in your house. You know? You will not be running in your house. And the time comes when he can no longer run. So those are not the things that are important. You being the right person. The younger you are when you choose a spouse, <laughs> the, more the more likely you will make a wrong choice or make choose a wrong person. So how knowledgeable are you about marriage? How matured are you? There are a few things that are important in keeping the home. And this is why this man was chosen. He, 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 he is matured enough. He has gone through life. He understood what is important in a person to marry. And that was why he was chosen. So you need to be the right person. The right person to make a choice. And you need to be sincere with yourself. What are the characteristics that you are looking for in a man or, the, or a woman to get married to? Now, number two point. In verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, let me just look at it. The Bible says in verses 3 and 4, it says, You must make a serious promise to me in front of the Lord. He is the God who rules both heaven and earth. I'm living among the Canaanite people, but you must promise, the, you must promise this to me. You must go to, not get a Canaanite woman to be a wife for my son. Instead, you must go to my own country, go to my family, there to find a a wife for my son. I see. This is not talking about um, I'm from I'm a Yoruba girl, so I must go and marry a Yoruba girl. Or I'm from Nigeria, or I'm from Uganda, or I'm from Zambia, so I must marry from my country. It's not about that. When we talk about kindred in this respect, he said, do not take a wife to my son among the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. So, a Canaanite woman, they worship idols. So, they are not Christians. You cannot marry someone that is not from your tribe. The Canaanites, they worship, they were idol worshippers. And tribe does not make someone better than the others. What makes someone better than the other is the Spirit of God in that life. So, if you are a Christian, born again, Holy Ghost filled, you must marry somebody like you. The Bible says, um, in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, King James Version, he said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? I like the way 
um okay so that means <laughs> there is no relationship between you and as a christian who believe in christ and a non-believer who does not believe in Christ. What you are saying is that, oh, some people will say to me, you know what, uh, you know, that man is, I've not, I've, I've not even seen any brother, any Christian brother that is as good as him. He's good, he's kind, he's uh, this, he's that. When the, the, his father, who is the devil, takes hold of him, he will forget all those things that you are talking about. So it's important that you marry somebody that has God as his father, somebody that is a Christian like you. You must believe the same thing. Born again, marry another born again Christian. This is crucial. It is non-negotiable. We are not talking of religious person. I'm talking of a born again Christian. It's not enough that they go to, to church, but you must be sure that they actually they are actually born again. They know Jesus and they have accepted him as their Lord and Savior. You must belong to the same spiritual tribe. That is what that scripture is saying. So if you are a committed Christian, marry one that is committed as well. The person must be committed to obeying God. Spiritual compatibility is key. It is not that oh he or she goes to church. It's not enough. There are a lot of people that go to church that are not born again. Prostitute will go to church. 419 person will go to church. Arm robbers go to church for blessing. So it's not about people going to church. So good things are hard to find. You cannot find gold or diamond on the surface. So you have to dig deep to get them. So marry another believer like you. Somebody who believes what you believe. Even among the different denominations or different churches, the believers could believe different things. Somebody may be in a particular church that does not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You marry such a person. You want to pray and you're speaking in tongues. There will be problems. Because he doesn't believe that. Or you marry somebody. Or you want to marry a man that believes that ah, there's nothing wrong in being pregnant before we get married. So you have to show me that you can give me babies. So you are starting on a different level, different page, and that will lead to problem. So it's important that you marry right. A man that believes in the same thing you believe, believes in the word of God. A woman that is obedient to the word of God. A woman or man that is submissive to the word of God. That is so, so key. That's point two now. Now number three, in verse seven. Verse seven was talking about... Um, he was certain, he was in verse 7, this man was talking about, um, he was asking a question. I think he asked a question um, from verse 5 to 6 saying, you know what, if I get a woman and I want to, uh, and it's the right woman, but the parents are saying, no, you can't take the woman to Isaac. Isaac have to come and live here. You know, he said, the Lord, the God of heaven. He said, um, the Lord, the God of heaven, took me away from there. He took me out of my father's house. He took me away from the land where my families live. God made a serious promise to me. He said, I will give this land to your descendants. Because God has promised this, he will send his angel to go in front of you. When you arrive there, you will find a woman to marry my son. 
in that scripture we could see that this man was certain of what God told him. He was sure of the promises of God. And he was able to trust God enough to say, if God has promised it, he will work it out. So he knew God was able to provide a wife that would be ready to live in obedience to the word of God for his son, Isaac. He said, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. So this talks about relationship with God. You need to walk before God. You need to have a solid relationship with, with God so that you can allow God to make a good choice for you, to lead you in the choice of who to marry. He was certain, he was certain that of God's love to lead him right. How, how sure? Uh, a lot of time for, for us as people, we can't trust God. Say, ah, if God gives me somebody that hey, I don't like, God will not give you somebody that you don't like. God will give you the best because he knows you inside out. He knows who is best for you. But a lot of time we find it difficult to trust God. And so we, we want to say, I, th I don't think this person that God is talking about is the right person for me. Let me just do something else. So be certain of God's love for you. Trust that God you have is a good God. The Bible says he will give you a perfect gift. He said, if you that are evil knows how to give good gifts to your children, how much more God. So he was able to trust God. He was able to believe God. He said, the God of heaven will send his angel ahead of you to work things out for you. So let's be able to trust God. We can only, this will only happen when we begin to know God by ourselves. Going, having a strong fellowship with God, having a relationship with God. And as you relate with him, you will see that he will begin to help you. In verse 10, this is number 4. The Bible said he took camels. He loads them with gifts, jewels of silver and of gold, raiment and precious things. This talks about financial capacity. Some men are looking for a wife, but they don't have a job. <laughs> if you don't have a job, look for a job, not for a wife. You need money to keep a home. You need money to build a good home. I remember a friend of mine that said, oh, uh, we're not going to have children immediately because we don't have a, we don't have a job. I think the husband didn't have a job at the time. And... Um, they went on honeymoon without protection. She came back pregnant from honeymoon. So you cannot predict what will happen. Don't think oh, I will depend on this one. Even if your parents are rich, you cannot be asking for rent. Ask for rent, ask for money for food, ask for money to take put children in the in in in, in nursing or in, in care or something like that. So it is important that you have financial capacity so so key the bible says two are better than one two are better than one you two must be better than one when you get married it shouldn't be worse so if you need to get a job pray about it seek god about it he said in the time of famine my people shall be satisfied it may not be the normal job. God can just drop an idea in your spirit. But until that happens, keep looking unto God for a job. And then you can talk about 
about a wife. Don't marry someone because he has a dream. But because he's actualizing his dream. There are people that are always planning. For so many years they've been planning. Oh, this is what I, I, I think this is the dream I have. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They've been talking like that for years upon years. They've not done anything. You need to make sure that something is on ground that will keep your love going. When there is no money in relationship, it's the beginning of disaster. Love is not cheap. Even Jesus that loved us. Even Jesus, God himself, the Bible says is love. He gave himself unto us. So love is not cheap. Any guy is tossing you <laughs> but cannot take you out and pay for your food is a risk. Any guy toasting you and uh, saying, uh, uh, you know what, I need uh, this I want to get this, but I don't have the money. Can you just loan me? I will give you over uh, with time. He's always asking. He's always taking from you. Be careful with such a person. Load your pockets. The, the Bible says he loaded his camel. He had camels. Load them with gifts. You must have capacity. Women can love easily if things, if you are doing the right thing. And a lot of us as ladies say, oh, I cannot marry a poor man. You are a woman. You should be doing something. The Bible says you are the help, sweet table for him. Some people, be, some women believe that, say, yeah, yes, he's the head of the house. He's the breadwinner. You will kill him in this time and age if he's, only, he's the only one supplying the needs in the house. We are there to help them. So you must be doing something as well. Even if you have children that you are nursing and you have decided, okay, I'm going to be home nursing the children until this age. There must be something you can do at home. These days, there are a lot of things that can be done online. Ask God for wisdom. Let him lead you. Don't be lazy. I cannot be home and be, what are you doing 24 hours? Sometimes people, will, the women will finish cleaning the house. They're sitting watching movie. When there are things you can do with your head, you have the talent. God gave you a brain to think outside of the box. You don't have to do a nine-to-five job. There are things you can do at home that can bring you money. So don't be lazy. The man you are supposed to be, the help suitable for him. Start sorting your life out. Two must be better than one. That's what the Bible says. Two are better than one. And I believe that God is there to help us if we, you know, put all these things into perspective and we are able to say, God, I want the best. God will help us. God will lead us. We'll continue this, looking at this chapter in the next episode. So I believe that God has blessed you. And all these things, as I'm saying, is for you as a Christian. So if you are not born again, you need to know Jesus. He's the one that can choose for you. He's the one that can lead you in the path of righteousness. Don't let the devil be your father-in-law, your mother-in-law. Allow God to be your father. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. And it's so easy. Like I said before, confess your sin to him. Accept him as for your Lord and Savior and surrender your life to him. The Lord bless you. And, and, uh, and said to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this time. Thank you because you watered this word in our hearts even as we go this week. Let your name be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Until I come your way again in my next episode, God bless you richly. Thank you. Mm -hmm.